Today is the third Sunday of Advent, as has uh, been mentioned already. And the third Sunday of Advent is that Sunday in which we celebrate um, just plain old joy. Um, and there are a lot of ways in which we do that. Um, and it's, uh, as soon as I figure out which one of these things on here I'm supposed to see, I'll tell you which one it is. Uh, up until then, well, I'm only kidding. And then in the first service, I tried to explain that it was really hard. It's, it's difficult for me to try to understand the difference between joy and, and happiness. Um, and um, Mr. Laramore helped me out a little bit, I think, with a, with a David Jeremiah quote. Um, but, but how many people in here have ever experienced happiness? Just happy. Can, can somebody tell me, give me one moment whenever you were like, this was a happy time. Harvey, just when was, do what? Yeah, but then several years later, you love them even more. <laughs> Child was born. Somebody else, tell me what, when, when, were you, when were you happy? Somebody raised your hand. Hmm? Wedding, day. wedding day. And been happily married ever since. Who said wedding day? It wasn't him, it was you, right? <laughs> I, I understand, but it is, it is. After 42 years, it's still a, a, a happy day. So it's, uh, does it also bring joy, the child and the wedding date? Um, I think that the difference, according to, I looked at all the dictionaries, and some, somehow the dictionary, when you look up joyful, it'll say happy, and if you look up happy, it'll say joyful. But I think the dictionary folks missed it. I think Greg got it right whenever he was listening to David Jeremiah. And I think that, uh, that Mary, in her song, although the, most of the scriptures say she said it, but in her song of magnific Magnificent to, to, to God, um, helps us to tell the difference between joy and happiness. And I'll go ahead and tell you that, that this particular quote says that, you know, happiness is what occurs when your baby's born, when you fall in love, you, you know, you got that perfect person, and, you know, you'll figure out after a while, Lisa, but... After what, you know, that's, that's all happiness stuff. Joy, I think I like that. Joy is a choice when you receive joy, especially since God wants us to have joy. If he wants us to have joy, if he wants us to be happy, then all we have to do is receive that. And although happiness can last for a lifetime, I think joy is a choice each and every day we make. Each and every day we get up. We make a choice of whether we're going to be not happy or not, but more joyful than not. Um, because we can get up and decide we're going to be happy, and about the third sentence out of the boss's mouth, all of our happiness just kind of flies right out the window. Um, and so I just, I just choose joy. Um, the only time I choose happiness is whenever I'm doing my Duck Dynasty thing where it's happy, happy, happy. Somehow, somehow... I just can't figure Phil Robertson saying joyful, joyful, joyful. I, that doesn't, I think happy, happy, happy works a lot better. But it is a choice between the two. Now, what I want you to do this morning is look at Mary and, and her song and her words in, in, in that kind of a way. Because what Mary says is that, that she is joyful, not happy, not, not got goose pimples, but she is like, she's got real joy. And the reason she's got real joy is because she really gets it. You know the story. Um, Mary is uh, a young lady, a young, maybe teenager, 
because, and we're just speculating, because in those days, um, that's about when young ladies got married. It's considerably later than that now. Um, but they got married at a very early age because the life expectancy wasn't so long back in those days. They were prearranged marriages for the most part. Mary was, um, was a, not a, a rich person. She came from a poor family. So it stands to reason that Joseph also probably came from a poor family. Joseph was from, anybody want to guess where Joseph was from? Don't say Nazareth, because his house and lineages was from Bethlehem. Um, and Mary actually was from Nazareth. So they were in Nazareth, had to make the trip to Bethlehem. So but here's the deal. It's supposed to be a really, really happy time, joyful time. A really good time at Mary's house. Um, she's engaged. She's, um, she, she, things are good. She's probably, probably like I grew up. She didn't, she didn't know she was poor. Um, she just was just a, a, a happy person. And suddenly, one night, an angel visits her. Angel in the scripture simply means messenger. So God sent a messenger um, to, to, to talk and give some information to Mary. Now, this messenger gave her this message that she was going to be with child before she got married. In fact, like right now. And that should have been, honestly, that should have been the absolute worst news she could have received. Think about it. As soon as the messenger says, you're real blessed, you're pregnant. And she's going, I don't think so. Um, we, you know, those things... You have to do things, and that, that I've not done. I mean, you got to just, she's just stuttering. How, how can it possibly be? Of course, as, we, as any young lady would do. And the angel, angel simply explains to her that God has found favor with her, and she's blessed. And, um, and I'm thinking that all the time, and I, I love the scriptures. So I love how it skips from uh, Mary, you're blessed, you're going to have a child out of wedlock, to Mary saying, um, that's good, nothing is impossible with God. Let it so be with me, your maidservant, and we'll, we'll be happy about that. But, but somewhere, and, and I don't mean to read into the Scriptures, but somewhere between the angel saying to her, you're pregnant without child, and her getting really excited about it, has got to be, um, let me think, um, uh, let me, let's see, the lawful penalty for being pregnant or being with child without being married is death. Not just uh, a shot, death by stoning. People get to throw rocks at her until she dies. That's got to run through her mind. Uh, and, and let me say, if, if by chance my husband-to-be lets me off the hook, then I, I've got family. And then she thinks, yeah, but in this family or in any family, in any good Jewish family, no, they don't support those sorts of things. She will be ostracized. She will just be, you know, just, just be made shameful. No friend is going to stand right next to her and say, I'm a friend of Mary's, by the way. Oh, yeah, she's... Pregnant, but nobody's going to be a friend. The law, everything's going to be about. It's going to be negative. There's no room for happiness in this, in this message. Just no room for happiness in, um, in this message. And and yet, and yet, in the middle of this day that should have been the absolute worst day of her life, is the absolute best day of her life, because. She gets it. It's because she understands what's going on. Her soul magnifies the Lord. Her spirit is all lifted up and, and praising God. And there's a reason that 
that happens. It's because it is the first Christmas, so she won't know anything about Christmas trees or, or things like that. But she understands the secret of joy. She understands that the secret of, the, the, the secret of joy is the fact that um, somebody, somebody, it's in the Scripture, the Lord actually regards Mary. It says that the Lord sees the state of Mary. You know, when the politicians get on television, they give you the state of the, of the nation. That's just made up politics. Or the state of the church. And, or even when the bishop gives us our state of the church address every year, I always like to go to see how much better it, it, it really is um, than he or she might say. But, but suddenly, suddenly in the Scripture says that the angel or the messenger says, you know what, God regards your state. God knows where you are, He knows who you are, and He blesses you, loves you anyway. And I'm wondering if sometime during the Christmas season, we don't need to hear those words to be joyful. Christmas presents make people happy. No question about it. Family gatherings, they're, they're absolutely priceless. Those that were able to gather with us in the past, who've gone on to be with the Lord, um, bring some happy, happy, happy memories. Um, those days have gone by, and we attended a, a, a Christmas gathering with the oldest Sunday school class um, at Garrett's Chapel, where Diane found out we fit, actually, in the oldest Sunday school class at Garrett's Chapel. And I had a wonderful time just listening to the old stories of their Christmas memories. Um, and, and, and so those happiness comes back during the Christmas season. Happiness uh, comes back if you remember growing up in a Presbyterian church where they, they lit the candles or, 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 um, or, or growing up um, where, um, where there was a specialness about, about Christmas. Um, at Garrett's Chapel, by the way, quick plug, 9 o'clock Christmas Eve is a Christmas Eve service. It's my favorite service of the entire year. Um, it's like after, the, after you've already had your time with your family, but before Kids ain't going to be at 9 o'clock anyway. You can put them there, but they're not, they're not going to be asleep. So we come, we gather for candlelight service, and I have a very, very special service plan for Christmas Eve. Um, and for those of you who don't know, that will be on December the 24th. Um, at any rate, um, that's all happy stuff. Now, how many of you understand the joyful part? How many of you have been joyful? How many hands can come and say, this is when I was not just happy, but 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 joyful. And, and, and that's no trick question. Do you have a joyful moment or do you just have a Pentecostal moment? Just say, today, today is a special time and it's a joyful, exactly, absolutely. That no matter, no matter where you two find yourselves in your marriage, um, in your relationship, um, no matter if you had um, shared a good old bowl of, of uh, Frosted Flakes this morning and were just really happy or, or whether you didn't speak until just right about now. It does not matter. God knows your state. He knows where you are. It does not matter if you do not have two nickels to rub together. God knows where you are. It does not matter if your future doesn't look very bright or if you are looking at the future and you have to have sunglasses because your future is so bright. None of that matters, I think, when it comes to joy because... God knows where you are. He knows if your child is sick. He knows who's in the hospital. He knows, he knows if you've got a 
this, this feeling about something in particular that you need to take to him. He knows if you've got some forgiveness that you need to share during this Christmas time with a friend or with a family. He knows if your heart is breaking when everybody else is out Christmas shopping and everybody's looking so joyful, except for those mamas who want that gift and you're in their way, everybody else is looking so joyful and saying Merry Christmas and it just is not, it just isn't there for you at Christmas this year. And somehow a Christmas present can make me happy, but it doesn't, it just doesn't do the, do the joyful thing. Um, and, and maybe you're here uh, this morning and, and that's kind of the way, um, that's kind of the way you feel is that, you know, there's probably, I'm going to go to church on, on, on Christmas and during the Christmas and Advent season, but there's just something missing. I have, I have the most wonderful news uh, for you that you could possibly hear. I'm glad you're here this morning. God has led you to this place right now in your life. Reading from the New King James translation, um, I want to read you the response that Mary has um, not for the messenger. After the messenger, the angel gives Mary the news. Mary takes off and goes to see her cousin, who's also with child, Elizabeth. And they have just a wonderful, wonderful time um, talking because Elizabeth also is not supposed to be pregnant, and yet she and her husband, Zachariah, are, um, are with child in an old age whose name is going to be John the Baptist. So these two wed uh, mothers-to-be, gathered, and there are, a lot, there are a lot of joyful things to talk about. Um, and, and, and if you wonder what Mary is thinking, if you, if you really wonder what Mary is thinking, then in verse 46 of chapter 1, verse 46 um, of chapter 1, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on all those who fear him from generation to generation. God has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones. And exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God for it. Mary discovered true joy. When she discovered true joy... Her soul magnified, not the, not the Christmas gift, it, it, it magnified the Lord. Her spirit, her spirit was lifted, not because of the Christmas decorations, there were none, but because she, he is, uh, she, she, she now knows that the Almighty understands who she is and where she is. And she calls herself a lowly maidservant, so it isn't like she's, you know, the type of person who would you know, who would um, take this in any other way. Stevie doesn't take his membership lightly. She doesn't take this thing lightly. In fact, several times she ponders these words in her heart. And here's some lessons that I think that she wants us to learn, and I think that we need to learn this morning 
as we celebrate this, this joyful Sunday. And it actually comes from the, um, the, the reading for this third Sunday of Advent. Because it's supposed to be a joyful, joyful Sunday. The reading in, um, in our, in our um, third Sunday of Advent, um, I love the poet Mary Oliver, who said, If suddenly and expectedly you feel joy, don't hesitate. For those of us who are, um, who are sick or who have lost loved ones this past years or months, those of us who are trying to sit down and figure out how to make it to that January date, and uh, as far as kidding with Gabe, you know, January is just a few weeks away. So for those of us whose month runs out before the money, um, for those of us who are not um, um, real, real friendly with a family member, or for those of us who are feeling guilt because of what we did or we, we didn't do, uh, for those of us who live under circumstances under which we, we didn't live, what Mary says to you and to me, and what the poet says is if you suddenly and unexpectedly, you think Mary was ready for this angel? I don't think so. If you suddenly and unexpectedly feel joy, not just get a nice happy gift, but if you feel joy, then what Mary says to us is, is don't hesitate. Mary says, you know, just feel it. Give in to it. Um, and, and do not be ashamed when you smile, when you laugh, when you've had a tragedy in your life, and somebody just sees you laugh. Um, that's a God thing. I can, I can promise you that's a God thing. And, and Mary says, okay, and let's say there's death, there's this, there's bad, that's bad, that's worse, and even that's worse. And she says, my soul magnifies. I'm one happy girl. Not because of her circumstances, but because she suddenly and unexpectedly gets this word from the Lord. Guess what, Mary? I know where you are. I know who you are. I know where you came from. I know where you're going. And I see the state you're in. And you're blessed. I know who you are. And you're blessed. And Mary went, whoa. Unexpectedly, she feels joy. The poet goes on to say to give in to it because life has some possibility left. And I've been living that. Life has a lot of possibility left. Every time we do our yellow cards, um, it's, 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 many of them are, are cancer. And, um, and my goal um, is to go 24 hours without using that word. And for two years, I haven't been able to do that. But, but I have not been afraid to smile and be afraid to be not just happy, Susan, but joyful, real joy. There are real joys that come that are unexpected. And, 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 and so what Mary says to us is, like, she wasn't going out and trying to find joy. It just went, boom, there it is. God says, I know you personally, and I'm going to bless you personally. Don't worry about it. I know the state which you're in. The poet says, joy is not made to be a crumb. It, it, is, it is a profound statement. Because, because whenever I get some joy, when my, my cancer numbers come down, I just consider it a crumb. Greg, I don't, I don't know why. It's like, yeah, but, you know. And it was uh, Dr. Phil, who I don't particularly care for, who said that, that when somebody says something, then the next word is but. That means disregard whatever else they said before. Isn't that what he says? Um, I'm joyful. Thank you so much, uh, Dr. Chang. My liver numbers are down. That's a good thing. 
um, pain meds are cut down. That's a good thing. And then, then, then it'll go, but. And I take this joy as a crumb. And, and maybe you do the same thing. Maybe you've got, a, you've got an opportunity or, or, or you've got a choice this morning just to wake up singing and smiling and, and, then, and then you've got this unexpected joy, but then life hits you right between the eyes. Life kind of comes home to you and, and you take that crumb. And you think, yeah, God has blessed me, man. He's really been good. And it's a crumb. And Mary says to us, she didn't take this thing as a crumb. She said, whatever it is you want, I'm here. And that means being kicked out of everything, family and friends and everything, I'm here. It's not just a little bit of a blessing, Lord, that I'm taking. I am one blessed woman. I'll read you the message and how it says that in just a minute as we get ready to close so that you'll be joyful. And, and, so, and so God wants us. It is His desire for us to be joyful. And not just a crumb, but an entire joy. Mary understood that. So she put her entire life, her entire self, if you will, into that joy because life has some possibility left. The poet goes on, to, it seemed impossible, but the Israelites returned from their home and the prophet Isaiah offered a song and they ate and they drank. And you may be sitting here this morning and you may be saying, yeah, but Pastor Jerry, you don't know. And I probably don't. But our scripture says he does. And somebody may be saying, but, but this is an impossible situation. There's no way in the world that it works out. But God says, through the angel, through the messenger, nothing is impossible with God. Whatever it is, whatever it is, and I know many of you, and it's tough. Nothing is impossible with God. The flip side of Philippians 4.13, which says, All things are possible through Christ who strengthens me. It's like, it's both ways. You can't lose. Not only are things possible, nothing is impossible. So whatever it is that you're going through, it's possible to light and look at that third candle, that pink candle. It is possible to look at those beautiful poinsettias and, and, um, and all the, you need to read the things on, 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 the, uh, on a tree. It is possible that God has, um, uh, has freed us and will free us. And you see, the scripture says it was like not possible that a whole two million people could get out of Egypt and be scattered. There's, not even way, there's no way in the world two million people get, get fed for 40 years, a whole generation. And the Bible says, guess what? That happened. Whatever it is that you got, ain't that bad. That's, that happened. God really made that happen. And then he says this. You know, the poet says, you know, here's the deal. Get your priorities straight simply because that's what God would have us to do. Um, the, the people rejoiced. They were amazed to have a second chance. And then the reading ends like this, which is, which is just an awesome, um, awesome reading from the poet. The reading ends like this. The end of the story has yet to be written. When we light the candle of joy, we celebrate the one who is come. So when we have lit this candle of joy,
we know that today is a special Sunday. It's a very, very special Sunday because maybe, maybe today is the day that you heard for the first time. Uh, happiness is not, it's not just in the toys, as the Grinch once said. Maybe Christmas is so much more. Is that my cue? That's all right. <laughs> just kidding. Jason did it. Tell him Jason did it. It'll be okay. Uh, she is so easy, isn't she? She's so easy, isn't she? She really is. Um, on this Sunday, um, are those the yellow cards? I want us to have real, real joy. And so we have time to have some prayer and to read off the cards. And then as we sing our closing song, we have some time for you just to come and thank him around the altar or ask him what it is he wants you to do. If you, if you don't have joy, then I do really do wish you a happy Christmas. And if you don't have real joy, somehow I hope that in, in all of the different ways in which God shows that he's God, and he does it in weird, trust me, weird ways. Now, Scripture says that he turns the world upside down. That we really, you know, we, we ought to bolt down the pews with double bolts because God just turns the church upside down. You ought to make sure that, that um, if you decide you want to be joyful, if you decide you want to have real joy, you better make sure that's what you want because God will turn your life inside out. Lord, let it begin with Jerry.